This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast, the world looks at Christians who are able to rejoice when things are going bad and says, tell me more. So not not only does Satan steal seed from our life when he's able to, to keep seed from going into hurtful places that have become hard places in our life, but he keeps the entire world from asking deeper questions. Tell me how you endure something so painful and you keep going. Welcome to the Activate Podcast, a ministry of Journey Church International in Lee Summit, Missouri. My name is Brandon, and joining me today is Pastor Christian, lead and founding pastor of Journey. I'll be having a conversation with him about his recent message from his summer series, The Parables of Jesus. And this week, we're going to be talking about the parable found in Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9 and verses 18 through through 20. So if you have your Bibles or you have your mobile app, you can pull it open now. If you're driving, I highly don't su- I don't suggest that. So just listen along. It's going to be a great, um, great podcast. Pastor Christian, thanks for being with us today. When people hear this podcast, it's going to be the week after Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to you. Thank you. And the same to you thanks, and man. Jason sitting here on the couch That's producing right. this thing for us. Listen, um, as a leader of a growing staff at Journey, I know rhythm and rest and routine routines are extremely important to you and passing that down to your staff as well. And this week, Pastor Ryan um, and his family leave for a sabbatical. Um, would you take a moment to remind our podcast listeners about the purpose of a sabbatical and the importance of maintaining healthy rhythm and rest and routines in in our lives? Yeah, so sabbatical is a is a concept we find in Leviticus chapter twenty five, the sabbatical year or the Sabbath year. Um, you know, where in, in farming terms, it's kind of the year where the the ground lies fallow, where you just let it rest. Uh, and the and the principle was for the Israelites, not for the land as much as for their heart. Listen, six years you're going to sow your land. Uh, on the seventh year, don't worry about it. You rest. Let the land rest and learn how to trust God. I promise if you will put your trust in me, the land will produce what you need and you'll be okay. And as an additional benefit, if you will let the land rest, it will be more fruitful in the future than it even was in the past. And what we hope for the ministry team members at our church uh, after they've put in seven years, and we, we were actually a year late kicking into sabbatical rhythms for our church. So Pastor Ryan's just finishing up really year eight. Uh, Jason and Michelle really just finishing up year eight. They'll go in July. Uh, we just said, listen, when, you, when you've done seven years of ministry, uh, we, we want to honor this principle. We're, we're not taking a sabbatical. Sabbatical is a year, um, you know, and, and it was meant for really a farming community. But the, the principle of it is, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust God for an extended season of rest, uh, that rest is really more of a season than trust than it is rest. Um, and through that, I'm, I'm going to learn that it's God who does ministry. I'm going to lean into my family. Uh, I'm hopefully going to read some great books. I'm going to take some long naps. Uh, and after, you know, seven years of really burning it uh, hard in ministry, I'm going to come back from that. I'm going to be more excited for the next seven years than I am about the last seven years. And I'm going to be more productive. I'm going to have a chance to be more productive and fruitful in my second seven years of ministry than my first seven years of ministry. And Brandon, the reality is, I mean, uh, ministry work is 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 by far not the most taxing work um, in the world, right? There's, there's people who work way harder than we do. Uh, and I would say everyone in the world, I think, should follow all of these biblical principles for Sabbath rest um, and sabbatical rest. Not everyone gets the opportunity to. Really, it's our elder board. 
It's our elder board and our ministry partners. Pastors serve with Jimmy Dodd in rhythm um, with Dan Dorner, uh, kind of our parent church, Westridge Church in Atlanta, Georgia, with Pastor Brian Beloy that have said, hey, if you want your church to be healthy and your staff to be healthy long term, do these things. And that's our elders who said, okay, we'll trust you. We'll love our staff well, uh, and we'll give them times every seven years um, of some extended rest. Like I said, ministry is not hard, but it never stops. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't know what what everyone who's listening, I don't know what their job is, but every now and then, uh, my, you know, my sister's a nurse and every now and then she'll have her regular hours. Uh, and every now and then we'll be up there for Thanksgiving or Christmas and she'll be on call. She won't be working, but she'll be on call. So she won't be resting. She's waiting the entire time. You can't make firm plans. You can't make set plans. You, everything you hope to do, but you're not sure. Cause if you get called in, you got to go. Ministry is being on call. So you, you, you know, you might not be getting calluses on your hand, but the reality is for the last seven years, Pastor Ryan's been on call and on his days off, he's on call and on his vacations, he's on call and every evening he's on call and through the middle of the night, he's on call. So there's, there's not a chance for your spirit to rest because you don't clock out of ministry. You don't think, well, you know, if somebody dies in the next 24 hours, you know, they, they can get a hold of me on Monday. Like you are constantly in ministry on call. So it's really, it's really more a rest for the spirit than it even is for the hands and the feet and the mind. It's a rest for the spirit saying, I'm handing all of these duties over to the Lord and with the people who serve around me and serve with me. And I'm, I'm just going to trust God for um, the next few weeks, the next month of extended rest so that when I come back, I'm, I'm refreshed and excited about the future of ministry. Well, that's really good. Well, let's jump into um, this Sunday's message. You, you you took the parable of the soils and you pulled out four messages specifically to dads. And as I reviewed those um, this week, it was interesting. I, I heard these dad notes and I realized they really can apply to anyone who hopes to have influence or impact in someone else's life. They, they really apply to everybody. Um, but let's just talk about the one of those dad notes. It really kind of touched my heart. And that was this, um, we should never stop pursuing the hearts of our children. And, and just being open and honest as a parent, I often find myself wanting to change or correct or reinforce a behavior. And sometimes I totally avoid pursuing the heart of my child or my kids. Can you describe for us practically what it looks like to pursue the heart of your child? Yeah. So just for people who are listening and maybe they've got, you know, kind of bad reception, we had four dad notes not dad jokes. My little girl, Casey, um, comes home from school with dad jokes and they're just awful. Um, it's like no dad tells jokes like that or, or those maybe some grandpa jokes, but those are not, those are not dad jokes. So these are dad notes. Okay. These are, these were just little notes for dads or, or again, anyone trying to lead anyone else spiritually. Proverbs 22, six says, if you'll train up a child according to the way they should go, that when they're older, they shouldn't depart from it. But the Hebrew, the Hebrew word there's really interesting. It's a it's a picture of a plant that's that's growing towards the sun. You know how if you have a, a tree in your backyard, um it you know it'll it will lean towards the sunshine. It'll lean towards where the water is coming from. And the Hebrew word and train up a child according to the way they should go, really a better translation would be train up a child according to their bent. Yeah. Um train up a child according to what their heart bends toward that's healthy and good. Uh, maybe it's sports, maybe it's the arts, maybe it's academics. Find out what the heart of your child bends toward. And man, pour into that. Invest in that. Give time in that. Cheer that on. Figure out how to give them opportunities. Figure out where their heart is. 
and go get ahead of them and build a trail that just helps their heart go where God has created them to be. Again, in the healthy thing, you say, well, I think my kid's heart is, you know, Fortnite. You know, I'm, I'm talking about how God has raised them to grow up and be a productive human being. Um, you know, I know Stephanie, when she was on our podcast, our children's ministry director, talked about playing Fortnite with their boys. I mean, that that is her getting involved in what has their heart. Uh, but what what you need to do, if, you, if you're pursuing the heart of your child, first you have to know what the heart of your child is, and then just go support that. Go support that. Go add value to that. Go cheer that on um, and, and try to help them become successful in who God created them to be. And, the, and they will see that you care about them because you care about what's important to them. Hmm. That's really good insight. And oftentimes as parents, we often want to train up a child in the way we're bent. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. And, train and up what, a child in the way we want them to go. And we pray they won't depart from it when it's, uh, you know, when it's older. So we teach them a, a few rules and, and send them off instead of just learning who they are and what their heart is and what's so special good. about them uh, and, and showing them how they can uh, use that in the kingdom of God for the kingdom of God while they, while they live their life. Well, this is a good transition into my next question for you. This may seem actually like a really simple question, but I believe it'll help set up the rest of the podcast. Um, you unpack the parable of the soils, and, the, and in the parable of the soils, there are four soil conditions that represent four poten- potential conditions of, of our heart. When passages, passages in the Bible refer to the heart, what, what, what are they talking about? What is the heart? Obviously not our physical heart, right? So Right. It's, yeah, it's not our physical heart. It's interesting. Interesting. A lot of times a biblical word that's better for this is, is guts. Yeah, it's actually, it's actually guts. It is, again, in the Hebrew culture, it is, it is the center of your being. Um, it, it, is, it is the place where spiritually and emotionally you feel things. And, and here's, why they would, here's why they would say gut. Here's, here's the picture of how your guts, and a lot of times in the Hebrew, it's the word bowels. Like your, here's a picture of how your bowels feel things. Uh, you're watching something on TV. You're watching uh, sports on TV, and somebody suffers a gruesome injury, and it immediately makes you sick to your stomach. You feel it in your in your gut, in your body. It that's your heart. That's your spirit. That's your soul. That's that's the spiritual part of you that that feels spiritually. That's the, the spiritual part of you that, that feels even a connection to the rest of humanity. Uh, so we know God created man in his own image, which means we have a mind, we have a will, we have intellect, we have emotions, but, but we have a spirit, we have a, we have a soul that will live forever. And when I talk about the heart, I'm talking about that soul, that soul spirit portion, the center of our being that connects to the God of the universe. We, we did a series years ago and we called it the Imago Dei. It is, it is like the small piece of God in you, the image of God. Um, that's what Imago Dei is, the image of God. Um, it, is this, it is the image of God in you that longs for the message of the gospel and it longs to be connected to its heavenly father and it's only at peace when connected to its heavenly father and if you're a christian it's only at peace if you're following your heavenly father because it will uh, it will constantly speak up to you if you're heading in another direction and it'll make sure that you are moving um, towards where god wants you to be so yeah when i say hard i'm talking about the spirit soul the seat of of spiritual um soul, spirit in your life. You stated something on Sunday that caused me to kind of step back as a dad and and really reflect. You stated this, the condition of our heart 
determines the impact of our lives on others. Um, If we desire to influence others, we must be well aware of the condition of our heart. How does, help me connect this, how does the condition of our heart determine the impact of our lives on others? So yeah, we're speaking in the, in the very specific context of this parable. Right. Right. There's, there's four ways that our hearts can ultimately receive, receive the gospel or reject the gospel. You know, one is if our, if our heart is the path, ultimately it never bears fruit. If it's not fruitful, nobody else can take part in it. The rocky soil never bore fruit. No one else takes part in it. The thorny soil never bears fruit. No one else can take part in it. The good soil, the good soil didn't just bear fruit, but it impacted 30, 60, even a hundred people. So in the context of this parable, we're saying only the soft heart that really grew up spiritually then had the, the spiritual fruitfulness to impact other people. Um, so, so I, I do believe from a spiritual perspective, normally we, we never impact anyone further than we've been impacted. Most often we can't lead people further than we've gone. Uh, a lot of times it's, it's hard for us to take someone deeper, um, than, than we've been. It would be really hard for someone who doesn't know how to swim to teach someone to swim. Uh, and a lot of times I think that's what parents are trying to do. Like we, we desire for our kids to have this really deep heart for God, but it's not apparent. It's not apparent in us first. Um, so when we when we talk about being fruitful, we're saying what grows in you. Remember the kingdom of God, internal, external, eternal. Um, it's it's what grows in you enough that it grows out of you that actually impacts others. So what Jesus is telling us through this real, you know, through this particular parable in the context of it is: listen, if you hope to have anything good in your life for anyone else, you're going to have to let God impact you deeply. Because if your heart is hard, God can't use you to help others. If your heart is shallow, God can't use you to help others. If your heart is constantly worried and focused on other things, God can't use you to help others. But if your heart will be soft and the internal seed grows and becomes external, everything external is going to be for somebody else. And that is, that's what's real and that's what's crucial um, about faith. You know, I, I don't know if it was us that was talking about it or somebody else, but everything God gives you is always for someone else, right? Uh, now, anything that God gives us now, according to Matthew 28 and Acts chapter 1, anything God gives us now, He gives us to give to others. Anything God gives us in eternity, He gives us to give back to Him. But you never keep what God gives you. Uh, what God gives you on earth you always give to other people. What God gives you in heaven, you turn around and you give back to him in the form of crowns that you throw before his throne. But you never keep what God gives you. We, we, are, um, like we, we are just something that, that funnels um, spirit from heaven into the world. It's never supposed to stop with us. Um, our time, our treasures, our talent, everything that God has given us is to be given to others until we get to heaven and then it will be given back to him. Uh, but yeah, we, we are all just conduits that pass the spirit of God from heaven to earth through the spirit that he's put in our life. And this uh, soil that we're talking about, this fertile soil, Pastor Christian, that we're talking about, it's not one of those things that we did last last month or six months ago, and we cultivated a soft heart, and now we feel like we're good. It's almost like a daily thing. God, give me a soft heart today so that I can be impactful for others. Yeah, there's no doubt. Every day. Remember, God is sowing seed 
every day. Every time you open the Bible, God is throwing seed. Every time there's a worship song on the radio, God is throwing seed. Every time you suffer, God is throwing seed. Um, every time you experience anything, God is throwing seed. I mean, Romans eight twenty eight says that in all things, God is He's working. He's working for good. So in everything that happens in our lives today is a seed that God is throwing. So every moment of every day, our heart has to be soft. If we it not not just to catch the seed, but for what has happened—the good, the bad, and the ugly—to become impactful to anyone else. It's got to land on a soft heart, and it's got to grow in us and eventually out of us. Well, you talked a little bit about the spiritual enemy in your message. Um, on, in your message on Sunday, our spiritual enemy is is very crafty. In fact, you remind us that our spiritual enemy works through the wounds that people in our past have given us. Can you give us an example of how the enemy might use the wounds that people have caused in our past to influence our heart today? Yeah, so we talk about the path, right? The only reason there would be a path running through the field is because that's where where people walk. So the path would be more appropriately termed the footpath. So what we're talking about is places in your past where you feel like people have just walked all over you. Those those cause your heart to become hard over time, uh, right? Something something steps on you and you build a callus so it doesn't hurt as much the next time. But when someone keeps stepping on that same area, uh, whether it is your dad who you have a strained relationship with because he's beat you down or a mom you have a strained relationship with because she beat you down or an, or an old boss who... Uh, harassed you in some way or your kids who have taken off you know every time we have a wound we we try to we try to protect ourselves a little bit and when that same wound gets you know kind of protected 10 12 15 times eventually that callus it becomes a footpath it becomes something that's really really hard because it's a place where we've been stepped on over and over and over uh, and satan loves to hang around the path he knows that's the easiest place to steal seed the hardest place to plant seed is where we've been hurt. The easiest place to steal seed is where we've been hurt because there's a, there's a path, there's a footpath that's kind of running through the center of our spiritual life. And Satan thinks, you know what? There are, there are all kinds of other parts of their life where all let God plant seed. But the places that are hurt are places that become hard and I'm not going to let the gospel penetrate those because those are the places where the most transformation really takes place, not just in us, but in the world. The world looks at Christians who celebrate when things are going good and thinks, of course, the world looks at Christians who are able to rejoice when things are going bad and says, tell me more. So not not only does Satan steal seed from our life when he's able to to keep seed from going into hurtful places that have become hard places in our life. But he keeps the entire world from asking deeper questions. Tell me how you endure something so painful and you keep going. So if Satan, if all Satan does is, is hang around the hurt places and make sure seed doesn't get in there, not only has he stopped us from growing, he stopped the world from seeing. Um, so, so the enemy is at work and he likes to hang around the places where life is trampled on us a little bit, makes the heart a little more hard, makes the seed more difficult to kind of work its way into our heart, um, and then and then makes the reality of the gospel impossible to see, because everyone can praise God on a good day. It's when you praise God on a bad day that you get people's attention and they say, T tell me more. Pastor Christian, last question for today. Um, throughout Scripture, we read that God knows our heart. In various places throughout the gospel, we read how Jesus knew the hearts of the people he 
was um, in, 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 what, that he encountered. Um, the truth is, no matter how hard we try to hard, hide our heart from God, he knows about it. So what should our response be with the knowledge of different potential conditions of our heart and knowing that God is fully aware of what's going on in our heart. Yeah, so what I've tried to do through this message is I would say this, ignore the conditions. Ignore the conditions and ask yourself, do I have the symptoms? Um, Ignore the path, ignore um, the rocky soil, ignore the thorny soil. Ignore the conditions. Don't, don't Don't even ask, how is my heart? Ask these questions, are these in my life? Symptom number one, I have some wounds in my past uh, that have made that have made me hard spiritually to some things. Do you have those symptoms? Um, ask yourself, have I for some reason, either because I've been led there or because it's just what I want, uh, have I agreed to follow Jesus, but only if it's easy and anytime there's thips, you know, thlipsis, anytime there's trouble, um, I quit. Uh, you know, I'm a great follower of Jesus when life is good, but anytime there's trouble, I quit. Is is that one of the symptoms of, of my spirituality that when it's hard, I back away a little bit? Um, ask yourself, am I enamored by the beautiful weeds? Uh, right. We showed a picture of the wheat and the weeds like in a, in a field in Kansas last week, this massive field of wheat. And then these what look like purple wildflowers kind of growing in the midst of it. It's like, wow, those are beautiful. It's like, no, those are weeds. But often sin looks so attractive. Uh, Does sin look so attractive to you that you have a difficult time of letting go of it? And you you want to be a friend of the world rather than really a a great friend of God. Ask yourself if you have those symptoms. And And if you do, look at what they do to your heart. Right. Do, do I have some have I been hurt so bad that there's some hard places in my heart? OK, yes. What does that do to you? Keeps the message of God from ever getting in. You got to acknowledge that. And, and, and you might have to, like, take a pickaxe and start kind of chipping away at the soil. Um, am I someone who when th- when things are good, I'm good spiritually. When things are bad, I'm bad spiritually. Well, yeah, gosh, I guess I am sometimes. Um, what do I need to do? You need to grow some depth. You need to grow some root. Uh, you you need you need to get stronger. You need to get closer to a stream of water so that you can develop some depth in your faith. Ask yourself, am I a Christian who struggles with the things of the world because they just, I really like them? If the answer is yes, you're going to have to learn how to to trim some weeds back. Because every time you choose to become a friend of the world, you become an enemy of God. See, like you have to see that choice. That's what James told us in our message this week. So ask myself, do I have the symptoms? If I do, what does it do to my heart? What am I going to do about it if I care? Um, and, and the reality is it's time, it's time to let God into the hard places. The reality is um, it's, it's time to get some spiritual perspective. Jesus said in this world you're going to have trouble, um, but you got me too. So you'll get through it. You got to have some perspective. You got to think that looks really nice for now, but eternity compared to now is so long. I really need to let go of that. And if you will work on those things, the soil will become good. The seed will plant deep and the fruit of the seed will help many. That's that's the thought of the parable of the sower. That's good wisdom. You know, and it's exactly what a doctor does, right? A doctor doesn't come in and tell you exactly what's wrong. A doctor will come in and say, tell me what's what's happening. Give me your symptoms and then I'll diagnose what's wrong. Yeah, the, the symptoms tell the deeper story, and then, and then they know what to treat. These symptoms tell the story of the heart, and then we can treat that spiritually. Very good. Well, Pastor Christian, once again, thank you so much for this challenging reminder. 
and helping us unpack this this really powerful parable uh, of Jesus. And we want to thank you for listening today. We really do pray that this has been a valuable resource for you in your spiritual journey. And we look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.